welcome to the iDeveloper podcast, episode 98. My name is Scotty, and with me as ever, my beautiful co-host, Mr. John Fox. How are you, John? Oh, oh, Scotty, I'm Danny. I'm so flattered that you call me beautiful, but then you can't see me. And what you're really just saying is that I have a great face for radio or for podcasting. But uh, since I'm always starving for compliments, I'll take it anyway. No, no, John, as, as my daughter always tells me, beauty's on the inside. <laughs> That's good. Now, please keep it there. Be- because, it's, because it's definitely not on the outside, as she would then ask. <laughs> no, wonder, no wonder you have a limited ego. No one with a te- you know, everybody who, who wants to release an app needs to have the training by having a teenage daughter, I think. Yeah, she keeps me in my place. And uh, there we are. Right. Uh, how are you this week? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, you know, I, I came across an interesting blog post, and we get to talk about it. But, but, but that's 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 not nearly as important as what you want to talk about. Let's let's start with 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 what was it? Something something conference. NS conference. Yes. NS it's, conference. It's that time we put the website live yesterday with our list of speakers for next year, and um, of course, then spent the next uh, you know hour cleaning up all the typos that everyone was pointing out on Twitter. It's great, isn't it? Whenever you release anything, no, no, anything anyone speaks about your um, your project or your app or your website is, yes, is the, ty- the typos, which is fair enough. They shouldn't be there, but um, I'm Spell uh, check via Twitter. That's the yeah. new thing. <laughs> it's a new... Maybe I should um, invent some sort of new SaaS app where we just keep putting bits of website out and wait for the... <laughs> automatically scrape the Twitter responses and do autocorrect or something. <laughs> Really? Um, so now and then, uh, tickets went on sale about two hours ago. I mean, we're we're here on um, Tuesday the third um, of December, about five p.m. my time. Um, it's GMT, and about three p.m. GMT they they went on sale, and they've been going out at a, a steady steady stream. And um, it's great to see lots and lots of uh, the old names that were used to being at the conference being there. So it's going to be looking forward to catching up with people um, using different ticketing software this year. We've gone to um, I did. I did start writing my own ticketing software. I don't know if we talked about that on the show at all. And then no. um, it's. Uh, I'll talk about it more on my software indie podcast. But uh, it was just, um, you know, the actual concept of what you do to sell a ticket and everything is is is. It, it's, I'm not going to say it's not that complex. It's complexities, but you know that's a, a manageable task. But then you you have to do all this other administrative cruft around it that has to be right if you want to write your own system of you know accounts and you know names of users and all this sort of stuff and it just it just added up to such a big project when you did that that I decided it just wasn't uh, something I was going to be able to complete in the time I had so I stopped and went to move to Tito.io or Tito which is at Tito.io I'll put a link in the show notes um, and we're using Stripe for the first time because Stripe is now available in the UK which is great for us because it's obviously a lot cheaper than anything else um, with with some great rates if you don't use stripe for your payment processing you probably ought to have a at least have a look uh, i'll put a link in the show notes as well um but of course at three o'clock or one minute to three i sat there and we've never actually sold a ticket through tito and we've never actually taken a payment through stripe and we're waiting for it to all collapse or see what it did um but it all went okay apart from a few people all hit the website at the same time I think just a few seconds before the tickets went on sale. And then obviously for the next few minutes, they were getting cached versions of the page that still said nothing for sale. But um, that's all seems to have stopped on Twitter and people are buying tickets. So it's exciting. So the well, system worked. That's good. So come on, get on a plane ticket and fish and finish fixing healthcare.gov. Have you guys been following that, that new story? I'm sure you have a little bit, the, the meltdown of, a, of our healthcare exchange. 
Yeah, in the background. But I, I dread to think how many million people hit that website in, in a short space of time. Um, yeah. Compared to, I mean, yeah, I think I think in the moment the tickets went live on the NS Conference website, there were 150 people on it or something, which, which for one of my websites is a lot of people simultaneously. So I was quite glad that I was um, uh, the the NS Conference website is hosted in WordPress, mm. and um, I I the just like the i developer websites in WordPress, and I actually pay for reasonably expensive WordPress hosting, um, just in case you ever get linked to you know. Um, by you know, fireboard or anything like that right. it all just scales and, and and i don't want to fart around we're trying to keep the product secure and keep it up to date and database connections so um you know these free wordpress things are fine but you know you don't actually know what you're getting and whatever else so i pay a reasonable amount of money it's not extortionate for decent wordpress hosting and um yeah well i know it handles several hundred people on the site at the same time which is good enough for me because i'm not likely to ever get much more than that so. <laughs> Um, but anyway, no, I, I understand the whole thing wasn't working very well. No, but that's 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 something for an, another <laughs> another discussion entirely, and maybe oh. not even appropriate for this one. But I, I've been following with interest. I'm sure most geeks, who, you know, software developers have been following it along, just trying to figure out how how it could have been such a colossal failure. But uh, there was something that I wanted to talk about that I came across uh, this past week, and that is the the experience uh, that was written up in a blog post of this new thing that this guy Klaus Speller, you remember him from from Amsterdam, right? And uh, he set up a shop in Athens, uh, creating this 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 workspace called Stone Soup. You know the parable of Stone Soup, right? You know the hungry soldier arrives in a village and says, "You know, does anybody have any food?" You know that, and. Uh, you know, what he's been working on is kind of interesting. It's basically saying, you know, you can come here for two weeks and you can leave with it with an MVP, a minimum viable product. And uh, he's he's run his first people through there. And I found it very interesting, the description of it. So um, the, the quick summary, and, and the link will be in the show notes, but the quick summary is that there's there these, uh, these folks in Amsterdam have been working on a product called CityShare, which sounds like a very interesting app, kind of a social travel tip site. And... Uh, you know, they, they spent a lot of time working on the design, thinking about how it should work and, and building out a custom back end to handle all the, the, you know, the complexities of it and then working on an, an iPhone app. And the, the, the bottom line of it is after five months, they, they had something that really wasn't, wasn't right. Um, from what we understand, the, the, the code was not clean. Then they probably deployed a lot of resources into things they shouldn't have done. Um, at least at, at that phase of, of 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 the development of the product, and I say product because it's it's much more than just a software engineering challenge. So off they went for two weeks, and they they took advantage of the fact that they had zero distractions. So basically, all their their accommodations were there. They were outside of their kind of existing social environment. So that you know, it, it's a it sounds like a really nice place, and Athens sounds really cool, and Greece is you know a place where you think you know either chaos or or go for a nice vacation. Um, but it's definitely a different environment, and uh, it seems like this this first run was a, was a smashing success. You know that they did actually leave with with a product that that was built on a, a a very solid, very clean code base. They had brutal code reviews from 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 Mike Lee, and uh, and now they're they're off to to a conference in Dublin to show it. So what 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 I found interesting was thinking about it was. You know this whole concept of of MVP, this kind of iterative thing. What's the very very minimum you can get away with? Get it out there versus you know the approach it seems that they had taken of kind of hyper you know design and 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 work on on the on the product that that you expect it to grow into three years from now, but but working on stuff you know 
so that you're all ready from the get-go. And you've worked on enough projects of different sorts to have, have probably seen it from both ways. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of MVP, yeah, minimum viable product, as, as a concept. I'm not always a fan of the way it's implemented um, on some of these, you know, new rapid startups and whatever else, but that's a different a, a different thing. But I think MVP is something, um, you know, it's you've got to, it's it's all sorts of things. Firstly, you know, software development is expensive; it's time consuming until your product's out there. You don't actually know if anybody even wants it or likes it or or is going to you know, or you've taken the right approach. And you know, the, the concept of getting something out there fast is great. And I think. Apple developers particularly are really bad at doing MVPs because we have this um, uh, impression that, you know, everything's got to be perfect and, and everything's got to be uh, really, um, it's grown into this sort of, you know, glorious uh, system. And yet, actually, you know, if you think back to the Mac heritage a little bit, it was about it does one thing and it does it well, was, was something you often heard about Mac software. Um, look at Apple. They often release things that are really feature deficient so we say as they begin to trial something and see if it works you know one of the things often people complain about is releases of apple software is they don't have this feature they don't have this feature so i think you know apple themselves are doing mvp or maybe not quite mvp but you know a similar type of thing whereas you know indie developers small shops we seem to sit there for a long long time trying to produce everything um and i think we got it in our head that mvp means crap um and i don't think it means crap i think it just means you know what's the minimum you know that point the, the word in there viable we're not saying minimum product we're saying minimum viable products and i think getting the balance of what viable is is really really difficult for a developer because we want it perfect yeah i think i think the 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 other thing that really struck me the most out of it is is i, I there's this phrase i want to say killing your your darlings right maybe that come where's that come from isn't that like a lord of the rings thing or something but anyway your darling being the thing that you're most proud of you know that they, they they said you spent this a lot of time building this back end and and you know the the, the they had a developer from uh, big nerd ranch who who came out there and kind of led the team and and from as they described in the post it's like you know the first thing he did is 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 they 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 canned what they were working on and said look you know use parse and and I I've looked at parse I've I played with it. I think parse is actually really cool I'm kind of sad that it, it got you know uh, acquired by Facebook maybe not necessarily so but you know parse and, and then and then you know there 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 are other similar systems out there and then there are, of course the 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 Matt Thompson you know uh, kind of similar concept that's out there which you can own you can deploy yourself but the, the point of it being is that a a back end system that that does authentication and and the, the, you know the, the the object modeling and persistence and then the the front end stuff for for caching and, and and network requests and stuff like that it's like my lord you know anybody who's who's writing that themselves are are, are really dumb it, I don't, you know, I can't imagine anybody being able to look, look at me or anyone else with a straight face and say that they're that they really need to build their own custom backend for for releasing something. Now I get it that that at some point cost structure might get in the way and 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 you pay the price later on. So if you you work with something that gets you up and running right away, and then all of a sudden you know you have some success, the, the economics of it it comes a point in the kind of where the curve kind of crosses over and it's more expensive than had you deployed it yourself, even though given the cost of maintaining it. But yeah, but isn't that a, wor a price worth paying? Because yeah, okay, absolutely. it might it might mean that your lifetime costs are higher than they would have been if you'd gone straight away. But if if 
you know, you will have had a you're, lifetime you're making where that becomes huge, an issue. Yeah. You've had a lifetime, first of all. You've yeah. had a product out there for a start. And secondly, you've proved it's successful, so you're now having to scale. So actually, hopefully at this point, funding is less of an issue to you. Right. Um, whereas, you know, you, I've just done this. When I dropped my ticketing project, I've just picked up something else. And I was looking at it and trying to change it. I said, you know, actually, I could do this in a totally different way. Um, and I reckon I could get this whole thing from start to finish in a week to 10 days, if not less, if I use this service, this service, this service, and this service and link them together and, and make all that work. And and the point is, yeah, what I've just done is not going to scale to millions of people and whatever else, because it'll cost an absolute fortune. But what it's going to do is going to prove if anybody actually wants it before I even go any further and spend a fortune developing a bunch of other stuff. And this is, I think, what you, you've got to look at. It's, 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 Every day you are not in the market, you are, lo- you, are, you, are, you are working in the dark. You have no idea if people want what you want, uh, what you're making. You have no idea if the approach you're taking is correct. You have no idea if uh, um, anybody even cares. And, you know, it has to be, to me, it has to be, you have to have something out there as fast as you can to, at minimum, validate that you're on the right path before you sort of, take yourself down years worth of development or months of development or whatever it might be um, to release things that, uh, you know, maybe nobody wants. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, I think the other thing too, that, that, that did strike me is, is the idea of, of if you've been working on something for, for a period of time and, and you know, doubtless they, they, they had gotten results now, you know, and I'm sure that they, they probably weren't entirely pleased with the results. Otherwise they wouldn't have said, Hey, we need to radically change, but it's, 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 it's nice to see when people kind of make a firm decision and act on it and, and give themselves a, a very kind of uh, clear timeline, you know, time box to say, okay, you know, we haven't gotten where we wanted to do. We're going to really change something in a big way, try something quite different. And I, I would say to, to all the listeners out there that if you are working on a similar project and it, it hasn't kind of come out the way that you've expected it to, or you're kind of unhappy with the, the progress, don't let it fester. You know, if, if, if it's a good idea and you really truly believe on it, try something interesting like that. And, and it's, it is so much easier to travel and to kind of change your, you know, your, your locale and, 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 and shake things up a little bit. You don't have to take the exact same well-worn path that everybody else and their mother is doing. So why not go to, to, to Athens for two weeks or why not go, you know, go somewhere else and, and, and give it a go and, and change the team up a little bit. I mean, I don't know if you've ever worked on projects using this, but I'm quite a, uh, um, I'm not going to say a huge, big fan of um, agile development. Now, not mm. necessarily all of the sort of techniques in there that as soon as you say agile, people come up with and, you know, people think of stand-up meetings and pair programming and, and, and there's some value in all of those things, And but that's not what I'm... Um, the reason I bring it up now. The reason I bring it up now is the concept uh, in agile development is that you have, an iter- you have an iteration. And that iteration could be whatever you want it to be. It could be one week, one month, or two weeks, you know, a quarter, whatever you whatever you want it to be, um, but you have this incredibly strict rule that at the end of every iteration, the software is shippable. Mm. It may only have one feature, which is to log on, or it may you know only yeah or whatever. It, it doesn't matter. But the point is, at, at every one week or two weeks or one month or whatever it is you agree on, the software is shippable, which means you are always in a position to ship. Um, 
and it's all about what can we fit in the next iteration and it, and you know you you see the consequences and that, so basically what you're doing is every week or every two weeks or every month you're setting yourself that hard deadline you don't have to go to Athens you don't I don't I've got no problem with splurges and everything I am against the whole um you know Silicon Valley let's get you know 10 guys together for a startup and kill ourselves and see if it works uh I don't think you know that's necessarily a, a good great way of working that's just personal opinion but this this concept of always being shippable um it means you don't always do things in certain orders but it means you're always in a position to say we need to ship now and you can you're never going to find yourself in a position that says oh we just need to get this done oh and that wasn't finished and um, this wasn't done and, and now for putting out oh that's about six months to get this in a place where i can get it out now um because you basically if you're in that position you're screwed basically you, you need to do what these guys did and that's almost throw away what you've got and start again abs always be shipping abm always be marketing now, Mr. Scotty, if, if, if you were interested in, in upping your skill set as a developer, what would you do? John, I would probably go and see the wonderful guys at Invasive Code. The wonderful wizard of Invasive Code? We're off yes. to see the wizard. See the wizard. The wonderful the wizard. wizard of Invasive, invasive Code. code. <laughs> I don't because, think that really because, worked, Because, because, it? because, because. <laughs> Because everyone loves those guys. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I'm not sure this is going to be the most effective sponsorship slot they've ever had with that. Yeah, well, it'll be effective in, in them realizing that they they chose the wrong podcast. <laughs> our invasive code are our friends who do uh, iOS training um, uh, all over the world, primarily uh, from their office in San Francisco, which is a great space. Um, we were there during Dub Dub last year for a party and it's a really fantastic space um over the last five years i've trained hundreds of engineers from a wide range of businesses um as well as but equally these guys are consultants as well so they you know when they're not doing the training they're working on this stuff they're not just people who train they're they're people who do this every day day in day out and then occasionally take time out to come and train other people um they run classes uh never more than 10 people in a class um a small class size allows you to have personal attention and you know, generally a better quality experience. Um, they just uh, give you all the materials. You lunch. They have uh, coffee and all that sort of stuff. Um, lab time in the evening. Um, it's a pretty extensive five-day course they run. If you really want to get in deep, or there's a three-day course if you can only cope with a certain amount before brain overload. And um, they run the courses in San Francisco and Barcelona at the moment. And the next one is on January the tenth. What better way to start the year with a bit of training um, uh, in San Francisco? Uh, you can check it out at invasivecode.com or training.invasivecode.com will take you um, straight to the, the correct page, but maybe you want to look at the rest of their website. And um, they're really good guys and they will look after you well and we've heard good things about the training course from people who've been on it. So if you're looking to get some people trained up um, for iOS development, um and uh or you're looking yourself then um you can uh, go over to invasivecode.com and uh take a look and um if you go to uh, scroll down far enough and read the about the trainers section um you might see someone on there for some maybe more european stuff later next year that may be of lovely loveliness to you that's all i'm gonna say so we thank the guys at invasive code you are amazing to us and we love you and we promise that we'll never let john sing again 
Oh, come on. Uh, speaking of promises about John, did, had, has anybody written in and, and suggested ways for, for me to, you know, end, end, end in a fiery crash off a cliff or anything like that? Or am I going to be disappointed? I haven't had an email about that, John. People, things, emails like that tend to come to you, John, not me. Ah. God, I don't know how to interpret it. <laughs> it's very we, sad. We have had um, a whole bunch of reviews this week, though. Um, oh. I haven't... Um, checked them in the last couple of days but they, they were beginning to fly in and we actually um i think made it into um the what's hot section um of the software how to so i mean you have to go down enough itunes categories to get into the the what's hot but we did make it into the what's hot section of um i think uh technology um software how to uh last week on itunes as a podcast so everyone who's given a review uh thank you very much and obviously last uh Last week we read out the names of the people giving reviews, but as we get more and more, that's probably going to become difficult. So I'm not sure I want to to set a precedent. Um, not everyone likes our new format, John, and that's fine. Some people prefer it when we used to interview guests um, and, and and do stuff like that. And to those people, well, we want to explore this format a little bit more. I'm I'm enjoying these conversations, and we are getting some good feedback as well. So we're not going to go running back just yet to um, or maybe ever to the old thing, but we do appreciate that. You spent the time to tell us that. Um, and those who were just saying, saying, keep it up, guys, and you know, just keep going and developing this format, we, uh, we want to thank you. Let's just pick one out, shall we? Okay. Let's go from... Um, uh, this is one from the USA, where a majority of our audience are, so we'll read one from the good old US of A, shall we? Yes. Um, I always look forward to your next podcast. I like your format where you two discuss topical subjects... Some of the stuff is a bit over my head because of my software development experience, but I like listening and usually get some morsels from the discussion. So far, you guys have the best developer podcast I have found. He's not suggesting he's looked very far yet, of course, but um, <laughs> he gets morsels from the discussion, John. So do you believe there has been morsels so far today? I think they've, well, it, it, morsels or lessels. There may be lessels today. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. So, thank. If uh, please do go to um, iTunes and give us a, a a review. It does make a difference. It does get us um, new listeners, and new listeners will up allow us to get more sponsorship, and more sponsorship will allow us to have longer holidays. I mean, do better content and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> John, um, what's What's an ideal developer machine as far as you're concerned? I'm, I'm just trying to decide what to do here. Um, I, I was hanging out for a while for one of the new Mac Pros. I have no justification for a Mac Pro other than, you know, I render the occasional video, um, which really isn't a very good justification for getting, you know, one of the new um, really nice waste paper baskets. Um, and but, but I am finding that, um, you know, I, I work from a, a MacBook Air at the moment and... Uh, yeah, most of the time, if I'm just working in Xcode, it's fine. But these days, I'm having you know working on multiple projects, and I sometimes like to keep different projects or different machine setups and different VMs. And more and more, I'm finding multiple VMs open, and that's you know meaning you know the MacBook Air isn't quite up to it. And I think it's not quite up to it simply because of just eight meg of memory, eight gig of memory, not eight right. meg of memory. <laughs> that really wouldn't even start, would it? Um, now, I'm just about to. I'm just putting an office together at home. I currently have an office about a quarter of a mile from home, so I work on a laptop because so I can carry it there. I went for an 11 inch air because I'm really lazy and don't want any weight to carry. Um, and the, I did that because the 11 inch air is exactly the same power these days other than battery life as the um, 
13-inch uh, air, and it gets plugged straight into a 30-inch monitor as soon as I hit the office anyway. Um, so the size wasn't relevant. But I'm just thinking now, if my office is going to be at home, less transporting, you know, maybe maybe an iMac with a nice 32 gig of memory or something. But yeah, it's I'm so I procrastinate so much on this. So tell me, John, what is the perfect developer machine? Well, I have to say I am in love with my the MacBook Pro Retina that I've had. Um, and you hit on something that I had had always kind of pooed until now. But you know, after working on a cinema display. You, there's no going back. I mean, the, the reality is, is that Xcode is barely workable on on a laptop screen. If you now that they you know since they switched to the 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 you know, the, the, the integrated window, uh, I, I have a hard time doing it. And, and it's very funny, you know. I, I come into the office, I plug in the Thunderbolt cable, and all of a sudden it's very nice. The, the downside of, of of having a laptop connected to a monitor is, as you quickly find out, as you come home, and all of a sudden all your windows, when they collapse onto the small screen, are, are too big, and then you have to sit there and, and try and, and have them adapt to, to be full screen. You're disappointed. So, um, you know, I, it, it, the, I think I, 8 gigabyte is not enough by 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 any stretch of the imagination i think that you know 16 gig really is kind of the minimum especially if with 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 vms i have a hard time understanding how you could even do that um so i don't know stuff it full of ram and invest in a good monitor one vm runs fine actually it, it, yeah the vms yeah, one, are an amazing but... piece of technology it's running a vm and the main operating system uh with just eight gig of ram it, it's pretty good actually it's it's not it's not really an issue um but i just thinking i'm it's more to me that i'm I've got lots of different things I'm doing. And, and let's take something like sometimes you're working with something in Ruby. I mean, I've this week I've worked in um, object, um, object, um, Objective-C, I've worked in Ruby, I've worked in Pascal, and I've worked in C-sharp um, this week. And I've worked against Postgres, I've worked against Core Data, and I've worked against MongoDB. Um, and I've worked in about five different IDEs, and so I'm quite confused at the moment to what, yeah. <laughs> what I'm doing myself. Um, the thing is, it's often, you know, I like to work in a VM because often you'll install something and it will tweak something on the system and has that just affected that other project over there that's also using Ruby, or has it affected that project over there that you, you may have done something? And I know there's, you know, I'm, I'm not ignorant of RVM and gem sets and all this sort of stuff and, and, and a whole bunch of other things, but sometimes I just think, you know, having a a machine dedicated to that project effectively just keeps it simple because you can install whatever you like and it only affects that project. You never break anything else. Um, but, of course, that only works if you're, only doing one thing at a time and you don't need to flip between things or leave one doing stuff in the background um so yeah i mean i mean it's just i guess different ways ways of developing um when i was just for the last six months of i've probably had this MacBook Air five months now i don't know something like that. but for the first three or four months i had it and i was only working in xcode and only doing um objective c stuff then it was it was great it was i mean it was a perfectly good enough developer machine um, but I'm going through this whole laptop versus desktop thing again now, and it's um, yeah, it's uh, and then there's the lack of Retina on the i iMacs. Um, so, but I do have two 30 inch screens, and there are two Thunderbolt ports on an iMac, so I could get a 27 inch iMac and plug two 30 inch monitors either side and just watch three movies at once. Mm. So, but there we are. Anyway, that- I, I don't know why I raised that. It's just I was hoping for some wise sage advice from you but i was guess i was just wasting my time oh scotty that's so mean 
<laughs> but you you worked you took um I remember we had this discussion last year when you first got your MacBook Pro you went for the eight gig and I laughed at you and then you took it back and got the sixteen gig and and now you're interested in you're saying that sixteen is the bare minimum. Uh, well, you know, okay, I'm sure I'm sure you're able to manage, but I, I I'm surprised to hear that you, that that eight works with 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 one VM working, um, and then that's the you, you know you, I think that you nailed it that. Uh, if you're doing any type of server side development, I don't see how you could do it without having a VM, and that's kind of a typical thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I I I, I think that 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 the, the the MacBook Pro, the new you know super thing, not the Mac, sorry, the Mac Pro. I, I, it's a beautiful looking machine. I think that's and it's like it's pretty reasonable. So, but I don't know. Monitor first, workstation. Getting things at eye level, the, the the ergonomics of it, I think that's probably has a bigger effect on on your satisfaction than 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 the the you know slight differences in relatively speaking of RAM and, and processing speed. Yeah, and, and the reality is, I can absolutely max out a um, twenty seven inch iMac with the you know, the i seven uh, uh, upgrade processor to the i seven. Um, upgrade even by paying for Apple's memory, even, which I wouldn't do. I buy it third party, but um, even upgrading Apple's memory to uh, thirty-two gigabytes and putting a one terabyte SSD um, in in a uh, an iMac, and it still comes out at the same entry level price, or in fact, slightly less than the entry level price of the six core um, uh, Mac Pro. So um, yeah, that's why I'm having these these arguments myself. Of course, yeah. you maxed out at that point. There's not a lot else you can do, but. Um, it's uh, you know, do developers? I know lots of developers work on Mac Pros. Do developers need Mac Pros? There's the there's the question. Do developers need Mac Pros? That's that's the answer to life, the universe, and everything for this week. Developers will justify everything. The question is, with their with their wives or partners or or their conscious allow them to get away with it. Well, there we are, John. I've got a sense that we're beginning to to waffle. Is there anything else you want to bring up this week? No, I think I'm good. Okay, so um, any Findery update? Or are we gonna are we gonna pick up on that soon? When 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 should we next ask you about Findery? I think uh, very early on in the new year. We we are we are still working on on killing some lovelies, uh, some darlings. So we we killed another darling uh, in a meeting yesterday, and I'm I'm a little bit sad about it. <laughs> of course, because it was my darling, and so not so much that we killed it, we're saying look, we can't get that in this release. Um, so, but and that it is a hard thing to do, but you have to get over it. You have to ship. Okay, so here's our challenge for everyone out there. If you are struggling to ship um, a product that you've been working on for a long, long time, and um, you know, time to go out and find a darling and kill it. Yep. And there we are. And you maybe have to kill. John, I haven't been able to find the. Well, there's a there's a new movie out called um, Killing Your Darlings. Oh, really? Hmm. Uh, with um, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, is that where you got this from? I have I've not. I can't find any reference no. to it elsewhere. I'll so have to find are. out the reference, but it's something that we've been uh, spouting about in the office for the last couple of weeks. I see. So you're basically spending all your time talking about movies. That makes a sense. Well, I'm going to put a link to that movie in the show notes anyway, just because it makes the show notes bigger and that's more impressive. So okay. uh, there we are. Right, John, tell people where they can um, find you. You can find me on Twitter as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. You can find all about my product, Memory Miner, at memoryminer.com, and you should check out my love these days at findery.com if you're in australia you should look on the itunes app store because you can get our ios app the rest of the world is going to have to wait but not for too much longer 
My name is Scotty. You can find me on Twitter as MacDevNet. On uh, app.net is Scotty. Um, check out iDeveloper.co, which is where we post this show. Um, also check out Software Indie, um, which is where I do my business, software business uh, podcast. And, um, of course, go and check out NSConference.com. Buy a ticket. Come see us in the UK next March and come in and hang out with a whole bunch of cool, cool people. You're going to be there, John? I wouldn't miss it for anything. There we are. That's 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 all you need to know. John says he wouldn't miss it for anything. That's going to be on the poster for next year. Right, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, John. It's been a pleasure talking to you and everyone out there. Until next time, you take care. Thank you.